Yo, 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 what's going on to everybody out there in Sharks territory? Happy Monday. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy holiday schedule to talk some Sharks hockey with me here tonight on the Shark City Podcast. I'm Aaron James. This is episode 15, season two of the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of Shark City Hockey, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, let's just jump right into it, all right? So, um, obviously... Big news of the day. That being, Tomas Hurdle has been suspended for two games. So, I don't know how y'all out there feel. I've been hearing some mixed um, reactions throughout the evening. Obviously, this is pretty big news this morning. Uh, if you woke up and... Um, you know, if you followed the account at Shark City Hockey, I'm sure you found out, and I'm sure through also your other favorite um, hockey sources out there, but I'm sure you found out that, you know, uh, Tomas Hurdle was having a hearing with the uh, NHL's Department of Player Safety. So um, that hearing, um, they had conceded that, you know, they decided this is um, his actions being a high stick. We'll get into that a little bit later um, in terms of, like, you know, my reactions to it, but just... To be factual, the statement is that he's going to be um, suspended for two games. Okay, so Hurdle received a minor penalty for an infraction last night. This was Sunday night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, it was right at the beginning of the third period. So um, he high-sticked uh, Calgary Flames' Ellie, uh, Elias Lindholm. Again, I'll say my reaction a little bit later. I just want to get the, you know, the facts out. All right, this story is coming via ESPN, by the way. Um, so Hurdle received a minor penalty for the infraction of a high sticking. And um, the department, the NHL's Department of Player Safety, announced earlier today that Tomas Hurdle will miss two games without pay, this being his first suspension in his 10 year career. All right. All those years obviously were until. But um, yeah, you know, this is like his first slap on the wrist. Um, again, it happened. Like, right off the face-off of the third period. Like, opening face-off of the third period. And, um... Hurdle, essentially, is going to forfeit 88 grand. That's $88,000 in his salary for missing the two games against Calgary and uh, Minnesota Wild. And that money, by the way, goes to Players Emergency Assistant Fund. So, it goes, you know, toward good cause. But, um, you know, this is going to be one of the big news of the day. If if not, you know, the next uh, week leading into the Christmas break uh, for us here. You know, I don't know I'm not too sure how much of a break the Sharks are going to get. Obviously, Tomas Hurdle is going on Christmas or holiday vacation early. Um, all jokes aside, um, this isn't what I want to see. And this is definitely what I don't want, um, you know, to, pardon me, to have the Sharks deal with. And these, uh, you know, these games that are going down the stretch now, just a couple of games ago. All right. Now I know everyone out there is all like fired up when they see Kakin in the net or when they see the Sharks, you know, drop these games like they did the previous two. Okay. But just a few games ago with a victory, the Sharks had about a 46, 48% chance of making the playoffs. If they're able to, you know, get the dub, obviously, that's the issue, having only 10 victories in 33 games this season. Um, but back to the point, um, you know, Tomas Hurdle obviously is the number one guy in San Jose. Everyone out there is going to be like, what are you talking about? It's Eric Carlson, especially now that EK700 is, um, you know, having himself not just, you know, um, you know, not just with the milestones, but just having himself one of his most historic, like, career best seasons. Okay, obviously his best season in San Jose. So some of you out there be like, nah, number one right now is EK65, but come on, let's be realistic. Eric Carlson is going to continue to be subject of trade talks, whether or not that's just, you know, smoke and mirrors. It's a whole nother uh, segment. 
But the point I'm trying to get at is Tomas Hurdle is the only person that Mike Greer, general manager Mike Greer, said is safe in San Jose. He got the 8x8. Eight eight. He is here. You know, he is obviously the central piece in whatever plan the Sharks have for building toward the future. Um, so all that to say is the Sharks lost their number one um, offensive player. Um, they obviously lost um, the biggest piece to this puzzle of whatever David uh, David Quinn and the crew are trying to you know put together. Still remains a mystery for some of the Sharks fans exactly what it is the coach is doing. But um, you know again that's all for another segment. Uh, so not too sure how I feel about it. Not too sure um, you know if you know Hurdle's absence is essentially going to have any effect on you know the results uh, obviously him not being in the lineup is going to be huge in terms of like you know trying to create offensive chances or scoring but like seriously for those of you who advocate for uh, being entertained while um you know watching a loss uh, you know expect the next two games to not be as entertaining <laughs> anyways um so yeah i don't know how to react to um i mean i don't know how i feel uh, more so of his absence in the lineup, but I do know how I feel about his suspension. I'll share that with y'all later on to, uh, in the program as uh, we recap the past couple of games here in um, Sharks territory. So uh, just a quick preview again of the show. We are going to recap the games against the Arizona Coyotes, against the um, LA Kings, and unfortunately... Most recently, last night against the Calgary Flames. Uh, also, we will uh, visit some um, a piece that I read from Bleacher Report, essentially talking about uh, some potential places where the Sharks could essentially contract dump EK65's um, deal toward. And I think, you know, it's just interesting. Uh, nonetheless, uh, definitely worth a read. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, also later on today. So just want to remind everybody, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, we are live on YouTube. We multi-stream, multi-platform. So we're also live on Instagram. Uh, I see everybody who's uh, chatting with us on the uh, Instagram live section. I also can see your comments on the YouTube section. So don't be shy. If you want to talk anything uh, related to Sharks hockey, uh, drop a comment. And if, uh, wherever platform, whichever platform you're using, Instagram or YouTube. All right. Um, so... Let's rewind back in time. Let's kind of pick up the mood here a little bit on, uh, you know, Sharks territory and discuss the only victory that we've had um, this past week. So the last time we got together was about five days ago. And, um, you know, the Sharks were headed to, um, you know, they were wrapping up some um, weekend games and, you know, they are now we're, ca we're catching up to uh, Arizona Coyotes. So the Sharks hosted the Coyotes. Um, the main stories out of this game were obviously Randy Hans 2000th career game. Uh, congratulations, Randy Hahn. Um, honestly, just quick little sidebar here. Um, when I first got into San Jose Sharks hockey, um, I remember one of the coolest thing, uh, and, and, you know, this part of me is I nerd out here for a second, but I remember one of the coolest things I've seen in the program was, um, you know, the Sharks, uh, broadcast media team, um, you know, how they have them laid out there, like with the player personnel and all the people, you know, part of the organization. And then also, um, at the time and no disrespect to the current broadcaster, but at the time it was Fox sports, uh, net. Um, you know, they had the schedule and they had, uh, you know, like Drew Amanda and Randy Hahn part of the graphic with like Steve Shields and the Sharks. It was just, it was epic. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And all that to say is um, I kind of find it ironic because that season was the 99-2000 season. And for all you old-time hockey fans out there, you might remember that the league had that 2000 patch on on the um, on the sweaters, on the jersey. Uh, so the point I'm trying to get at here is... um. When I think of my earliest memories of Randy Hahn, it was always during that time in that era. So um, it's just amazing. You know what I'm saying? Um, 2,000 games later. And, you know, he's still, he's still, you know, he's still delivering on point. He's still delivering sharp. And um, 
you know, witty and etc. So, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine Sharks hockey without Randy Hahn as much as it is without Dan Rusinowski, which I think, um, you know, don't mean to, you know, take a little bit of, uh, you know, the limelight arc, you know, kind of like uh, take a little attention off of the parade for Randy Hahn. But uh, Dan Rusinowski is also another amazing voice for Sound of the Sharks. But it was Randy Hahn's night when the Sharks hosted the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, man, at this point, I am getting reverse retro, like, overkill vibes, man. I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, the Sharks are definitely trying to um, push the best reverse retro jersey, according to, you know, the league. Doubtful, but that was a whole other podcast. But, yeah, at this point, I think they awarded the threads like three games in a row, and I'm beginning to feel like, all right, come on. You guys, it seems like you guys are trying to be more of the Sills than you are trying to be the actual Sharks. All right. Uh, it was awesome to see the Sharks play in Till for two games in a row in LA and last night. Um, more specifically on the road, because I think a couple podcasts ago, I advocated for seeing the colors being worn on the road and the homes having the whites again. But, anyways, let's get to the game. All right. So, the main storylines outside of Reddy Hunt's 2000th career game was Nick Bonino scores his fourth goal in four games. Uh, so, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, three minutes, 50 seconds into the game, Tomas Hurdle scores a goal. He extended his scoring streak at that point in time to 26 points in 20 games. He had nine goals and 17 assists. Uh, Radim Shimmick earned his first assist of the season on that goal by Hurdle. Scott Harrington got the secondary assist. It was a pretty sweet goal. Uh, Shimmick blasted it from about 64 feet away from the net, and Hurdle shows off some elite hand-eye coordination. Already hawkeye the puck. Choose, your, you know, choose whatever expression you want. Um, but he tipped it past the Coyotes goaltender, uh, Carl uh, Vanelka. The beauty of the goal was that Hurdle managed to tip the puck while he was in motion, um, gliding across the goal crease with a puck, blasting and, you know, passing behind him. So um, he was able to connect with the hill of the blade of his stick and get the goal, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Uh, probably just as amazing was about 62 seconds later, Nick Bonino scored his fourth goal this season, extending his scoring streak to four goals in four games. Like, literally, a goal scored in four consecutive games. Remember when everybody was asking, what does Nick Benito bring to the Sharks? He's been looking good. Top six four, Nick Benito. Anyways, uh, this is obviously his longest career scoring streak. And uh, that was made possible by assists from Eric Carlson, who uh, got his 26th of the season um, on that Benito goal. And Jonah Gadjevich. Oh, man. Gadjevic was making some waves last night, but we'll get into that game a little bit later. That's probably one of the only highlights out of that game, but uh, let's rewind a little bit. So Jonah Gadjevic got his first assist of the season on Nick Bonino's fourth goal of the season. Uh, EK65 pretty much does what he does best. He rocketed it. He rockets it, blasts it from the blue line onto the net where Benito was just standing watch posted there in the crease. And, uh, you know, Benito gets the rebound. He shoots it, gets his own rebound, and stretches the goalie out. Uh, right to left in the crease to beat him glove side. Uh, so, you know, the Sharks would allow a first period goal, but it was on a five on three penalty kill. So not much you can do about that. Uh, the Coyotes just had the Sharks on a swivel, obviously, uh, having, you know, two man advantage. And with the three Sharks um, on the penalty kill deep in their zone, um, you know, there's just plenty of opportunities for like clean shots. And that's exactly what happened. You know, uh, Lawson, Cruz pretty much... Uh, excuse me, Lawson Krause, um, you know, he netted it for Arizona. It was the only power play goal that the Sharks allowed, which is solid, you know, considering that they went one for five on the penalty kill that night. Uh, in the second period, Nico Sturm scored his eighth goal of the season, which would give you know, give the Sharks their eventual game winner. Uh, Nick Benito picked up his fourth assist of the season as well on that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, Harrington got his third assist of the, of the year, and, um, you know, per usual, the Sharks got some solid goaltending out of James Reimer, who made 20 saves on 22 shots for a nine a 0.909 save percentage. Um, so, yeah, uh, the fans got to see the Sharks literally hang on in the final seconds for the win, and the Sharks won their third home game of the season. So, um, you know, Randy Hahn got to celebrate a dub with his milestone, and appropriately so, got, you know, he got to call the victory for the Sharks against the Desert Dogs. <sighs> Unfortunately for Sharks fans, that's about as good as a gets in the past uh, few games unless you know you you like being entertained while losing as mentioned before 
the Sharks drop the next two games, one in the nastiest fashions that was last night, and another in the skills competition. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Sharks at the Los Angeles Kings. Um, you know what's cool is is um they got to play the Kings in their reverse retros, and the Kings, you know, the color scheme is obviously reversed, but they brought back those old school crown um logo. And the reason I'll say we you know what's cool about that is um it's cool to see a team in Cali get their history right. Oh, too soon. Just kidding. No, I'm I'm seriously a Sharks fan, but I again I'm not feeling the seals, but it is what it is. No one cares what I think. 75% of you think it's fire. And that's what's up. Um, main storylines in this 3-2 loss in the shootout is that Timo Meyer sets a new franchise record and Mark Edward Vlasic makes NHL history. All right. So uh, leading up to the game in Los Angeles, the Sharks' playoff chances could have increased to 42.3%. That's up by 5.7%. whoop de doo right? If they beat the Kings. Uh, the Sharks were the underdogs going into the matchup, I believe, and um, they were looking. Yeah, they were looking for an upset, given only a forty percent chance of victory. Uh, that stat coming out of Money Puck. Uh, the Kings scored first at the uh, five minute and fifty four second mark into the first period, but who cares about Philip Denault's power play goal? Honestly, it would only be, you know, it, it would be the only special teams goal allowed by the Sharks with one for four and a penalty kill. Uh, the Sharks also went one for three on the power play. Timo Meyer scored his 15th goal of the season with assists from Captain Couture and Eric Carlson. Uh, just some beautiful puck movement on the power play, to be honest with you. Uh, Hurdle, uh, EK65, Couture, I mean, the whole the whole unit was just... It, it, it was nice to see precision passing and, you know, keeping, like, the puck in play. You know, no one really just kind of, like... Um, you know, handled it back and forth and, and uh, with their stick, you know, from one side of the stick, one side of the tape to the other. Um, you know, they're just moving that baby. They're just making, you know, they're making the um, the defense and the goalie, you know, they're making them work. Anyways, back to the point. Um, you know, Hurdle, he was standing, I don't know, I'll say right by, uh, right above the faceoff circle, about 60 feet away from the net, right? Uh, he finds Eric Carlson at the point across from him. So he sends it his way from the right face-off circle to the blue line. Of course, Eric Carlson blasted on net, creates a juicy rebound for Couture, who passes the puck. I'm surprised that he did. Um, by by the left, he was by the left post, and he passed the puck under the Kings goaltender Phoenix Copley, and um, he finds Timo Meyer's tape across the crease. It was actually quite an amazing pass. Uh, the Sharks' social media page has a really good uh, look at this goal by Timo. Um, the pass by Captain Couture is is a thing of beauty on its own, to be honest. Um, he could probably have scored if he wanted to, but the clean pass was obviously the better choice. And um, according to Sharks PR on Twitter, that was Timo Meyer's 292nd career point, which, meant, which leads, which meant, pardon me, that Timo Meyer pass Jonathan Chichu for sole possession of 10th on the franchise all-time points list. Who's number nine? If you want to know, Jeff Reason currently holds ninth all-time with the 350 points. The live count on that stat by Timo, because obviously this record was set against the Kings, so two games two games ago. Um, but the live count on Timo Meyer's stat is 294 career points as of right now. Uh, speaking of Sharks records, uh, the game against the Kings also marked a milestone for defenseman Mark Edward Vlasic, who has now played... Or rather, is better way saying it, is now fifth all time on most games played by a defenseman with a single franchise. So Mark Edward Vlasic had played the fifth most games by a defenseman with one franchise in NHL history. Vlasic has now spent his entire career, 17 years, or 17 seasons is probably a better way of putting it, uh, in San Jose. 
And the life count on his next milestone as of right now is he's six games away from 1,200 career NHL games. All right, uh, Kevin LeBanc would score a goal for the Sharks, giving them about a 50-second 2-1 lead late in the second period uh, before the game was tied heading into the third. Uh, the score would remain the same. Not surprising, to be honest, uh, with both teams only registering five shots on goal each in the third period. Uh, in overtime, the Sharks did not even register a single shot on goal, gave up seven shots. A miraculous set. It went to the skills competition, which is where it sounds they like lost. Um, you know, if you want to take a positive out of that, at this point, the Sharks, um, you know, leaving L.A., they had earned five points in the standings in our last three games. So, you know, everything was kind of looking upwards until they hosted the Calgary Flames. All right. I'm going to take a quick breather because, you know, I've been going strong for about a whole regulation of hockey here. Uh, we want to see what's up. Uh, get a little um, little preview of what's coming up. Pardon me. Uh, we're going to talk about Eric Carlson's uh, 700 career NHL points. We're going to talk about what Bleacher Report said would be uh, two spots for you know the Sharks to dump his contract if they want to move him this season. And uh, you know we'll do a little bit more reaction to um, the news today about. Timo Meyer, excuse me, Timo Meyer, my goodness, Tomas Hurdle being suspended. All right, I'm Aaron James. This is a Shark City podcast. Uh, stick with us right here, whether you're on YouTube or Instagram. Uh, I'll be honest with you. These holidays, this holiday season, uh, you know, might keep these uh, episodes a little short and sweet because uh, I know most of you out there got some shopping to do and you got some presents to wrap. So um, let's take a quick break here and a moment to speak to our friends uh hear a word from them from uh, DraftKings. Uh, we'll be right back on the shark city podcast hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl new customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any nhl team to win their game and get 150 dollars in free bets if they do if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Thank you to everybody who's, uh, you know, sticking true and sticking through with Shark City Hockey. I'm Aaron James. I'm your host for the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of Shark City Hockey. Uh, by the way, check out SharkCityHockey.com for all the previous episodes. And, uh, you know, some other uh, free content and, you know, some cool ways to spend some time in uh uh, you know, kind of like enrich your scrolling experience or viewing experience with some shark stuff. So check it all out at sharkcityhockey.com. I won't, um, I won't, you know, dress it up any better than that, I guess. Uh, let's just move on. So we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to talk about last night's game. Unfortunately, <laughs> man, oh man, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know what? Let's uh let's do a quick impromptu um delay here. We'll do a little quick little delay game. Um uh, so I don't know if you all checked out the previous episode, but you know, be on the lookout. The Sharks jerseys, I mean a $72 away Sharks jersey. Uh, as of right now, as of that post, um, and as of right now, they're still sold out on Adidas uh official website. But I can imagine that, you know, those prices are going to go down um, a little bit more as the season progresses, more than likely, definitely in the offseason. But the reason I'm talking about jerseys now is it's Christmas time. And I remember about a season ago, jokingly, um, you know, I was saying, you know, Sharks, you know, what Santa brings Sharks fans on the naughty list was a stealth jersey. Anyways, 
Um, so I guess what I would say is, or I guess what I would like to know from some of y'all out there, and I'll share my opinion in a minute, is of the current three jerseys, which one do you think would be on the Sharks? Uh, which which one do you think Sharks fans on the naughty list would get? The current away, the current home, or the current alternate uh, as in the reverse retro? So, um, you know, drop a comment. Let me know how you feel. Drop a comment on YouTube or on Instagram. See a bunch of us hanging out here on Instagram. Thank you all. And, um, you know, let me know what you think. I will tell you what I think, and then we'll keep, you know, the program rolling here for the sake of, um, you know, just keeping, um, you know, a nice flow here. But um, I would say, and this will probably surprise you, I'm pretty sure most of you are thinking, oh, he's going to say reverse retro. This guy's been hating on the reverse retro this whole season. But I would say the Sharks home jersey is what Sharks fans on the naughty list would get this Christmas. And I'll tell you why. Um, the away threads, I think unanimously, I think like undisputedly the away threads are the best jersey in this whole new lineup of, of jerseys. Um, it just resembles the inaugural throwbacks so much. The Till jersey is a little busy. All right, there's not a lot of contrast. Um, that orange awkwardly stands out behind the, uh, you know, where, like, you know, the size. Um, I guess, you know, for those of you who are collectors out there, where the made in Canada or made in Indonesia uh, <laughs> tags would be, yeah, you got that weird orange stripe. And they don't have this as Sharks territory on it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just a little, you know, it's just a little busy. And then I feel like the new shoulder patches that they went with, you know, kind of throwing it back, but putting their own little twist on it. Um, I would say that those definitely look better on the away threads. Now, why would I say, um, not the reverse retro because there's a lot of you out there that like it. Me personally, I think it's plain. Um, I'll be real with you, Sharks. Good job on like, you know, dressing the team up in them like three consecutive games. Almost started to like them. Almost. <laughs> I just, anyways, I think at one of the games that they're wearing it, there is a fan in the stands that had one of the knockoff, like you got it like on like Wish or you know, some other like, you know, knockoff jersey thing, but it was it was a um sharks it was a SEALs inspired sharks jersey, obviously not official, it was a knockoff jersey. We actually shared it when we did a review on this podcast a few episodes back again, sharkcityhockey.com to check that out. But when we reviewed the reverse retros, that was one of my um issues with it was that a knockoff jersey nailed it better than the sharks actually did. But uh, there was a fan in the stands um during that game so um i thought that was pretty pretty unique and um but back to the point the reason why that wouldn't be on another list because i understand that this this jersey is you know it has to do a lot more than the sharks it's supposed to transcend you know um the team and kind of encompass you know everybody regionally that being barrier history and also, you know, for, for the nostalgic value, I understand there's a lot of Sharks fans out there where this has a nostalgic, a very nostalgic uh, value to it. And for those of you who are jersey collectors, um, this is like the only Sharks jersey to actually have like the word mark or the words written out, Sharks. So, you know, even for somebody that doesn't really care so much about it, I could see value in it. And as I said on the last podcast, 75% of the fan base dig it. So I guess that's all that really matters. Uh, so yeah, it's really quick, really quick. While we're on this Jersey talk and while I kind of, um, you know, do a little delayed game here to avoid the inevitable talk about last night's performance. Um, <laughs> I want to ask another question to Sharks fans out there. Again, you could reply um, in the comment section if you're looking on, if you're watching on YouTube or, you know, um, you know, drop a comment here on the Instagram um, in the chat section. But the Sharks, eventually, you know, they're going to need an alternate jersey, right? I assume that's going to happen next season. Why do I feel 
that the sharks are going to bring back the stealth. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I feel that. I could kind of tell you why I think that. But you tell me what you think. Do you think that they should bring back the stealth? I'll tell you why I think the stealth might make a comeback. Because it feels like these current jerseys, the new 2022-2023 threads, the whole Evolve jerseys, are almost based off of that stealth jersey. This isn't really breaking news for those of you who pay attention to the threads like uh, meticulously. But... Um, if you look at it, like even the shoulder patch, the, even the shoulder patches, like even though it looks like it's kind of throwing it back to the old school, um, you know, um, shoulder patches, you know, the gray uh, dorsal fin, shark's fin. Um, even though it looks like it's throwing it back in its own stealth way, being, you know, black and teal, that almost practically if not is exactly what the new patch is on the sharks current jerseys and then you know the sharks have that wave threaded into like the sleeves and across the torso the bottom stripe right it's in between the stripes the stealth brought that when it emerged you know what i'm saying and you know I think the only thing that Stealth doesn't have, if I'm not mistaken, and I just go check it out, it's hanging right there in the closet, but, you know, I'm in front of the mic. But they don't have those bottom stripes. I'm like 110,000% positive. There's no stripes on the torso, right? Or the waistline, for those of you who need a little bit more exact, uh, a little bit more precise location on the jersey. But, um, but those designs, like the little details in between the stripes on the arm sleeves started with the Stealth. So if the Sharks were to go back, I mean, if the Sharks were to introduce a black alternate jersey and want to go back to a jersey that they used previously, the stealth would be like, it wouldn't be far-fetched idea because it practically serves as a template for the new threads. And I think that's about as much time off the clock I can milk <laughs> to avoid talking about the inevitable all right, let's move on. Uh, the Sharks, the Sharks versus the Calgary Flames. San Jose lose five to two. It's not as close as it sounds on the scoreboard, but it's also not as bad as it seems via the scoreboard. Uh, leading up to the game, per Curtis Pachelka on Twitter, Matt Nieto was activated off of the injured reserve. Um, so that was kind of one of the storylines leading to it. Obviously, the main stories of the 5-2 loss, if there is any main stories, is Eric Carlson scores a 700th point, and Tomas Hurdle's high stake leads to a two-game suspension. Uh, a little bit more into that in just a second. But Matt Nieto was um, pretty much put on the third line. Noah Gregor was dropped down the fourth line. Oscar Lindblom was a healthy scratch for just a second time this season. And... Uh, in a corresponding move, because if you don't know this by now, the teams are allowed to essentially, you know, make up for some of the salary cap space. And it's just, it's it's a lot of like, you know, it, it's, I don't want to call it red tape, but essentially, you know, what's going on here is like, there's some leeway, like, like teams are allowed in, in a way to compensate for, you know, salary cap hits and, and, you know, some of the stuff that they've experienced during, you know, previous seasons. That's all I'll say. Um, you know, they're allowed to pretty much like uh, move players on and off of the injured reserve list. So in a corresponding move, Luke Kunin was sent down uh, to IR. Um, he was also taken out of the game. So I'm not trying to say that, you know, he's not injured. Um, he he was taken out of, um, I believe, the previous game in L.A. So I don't want to set too much. I don't want like to shed too much time on injuries because those are our guys. And I'm not trying to, you know, um, go all in depth about crazy injuries just for, you know, having content on a podcast. But um, Mario Ferraro is still on IR. Um, Sharks lines, by the way, against Calgary was uh, Meyer, Hurdle, and LeBanc on the first line. Bonino, Couture, and Barabanov on the second. Nieto, Sturm, and Savetchnikov on the third. Gadjevic, Lorenz, Gregor on the fourth. Your defensive pairings were Magna and Carlson, Vlasic and Bending, Harrington and Shimmick, and Capo Kakinen got his start in it. 
we'll see how the guys line up against them in round two. Um, the Flames had more to play for, apparently. Calgary's playoff chances was they would rise to 54.9% with a win in San Jose. Um, oddly enough, the media could not stop reminding us here, the fan base in Sharks territory, that ex-Sharks coach Daryl Sutter wanted his team to be, or Suter, pardon me, wanted his team to be in a playoff position at the end of the month. Well, coach, so far you're getting your wish. Uh, your wish, pardon me. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. This game sucked. <laughs> this game sucked, to be real with you. Um, the Sharks lose at home again. Uh, three goals were surrendered in the first three minutes of the third period. Oh, my goodness. Uh, two of which were scored 19 seconds apart by Calgary's Elias Lindholm. So, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, the Sharks are given plenty of opportunities. They went two for seven on the power play. Again, those two goals, I mean, you could argue that was clo- you know it was closer than the scoreboard made it seem because the Sharks did seem to be in the, I mean, they were losing two to one headed into, you know, the third period. And, you know, um, I mean, oh, man. You know, the first period, the Sharks only put on three shots on goal, but it was kind of a, it was salvaged with a power play goal by Timo Meyer. The second goal was more of a consolation prize. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hurdle scored late in the third period. Capo Kakinen made 20 saves on 25 shots. 800 save percentage. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Sharks being on, you know, the PK to start off that period and then having, you know, like, just the uh, frustrating sequence of events. Um with Tomas Hurdle. And again, I'm not trying to place blame only on Tomas Hurdle. That would be kind of arrogant. It's a team sport. But it definitely has felt that in recent memory, there's a lot of things that Tomas Hurdle is doing that is costing the Sharks games. And I understand that, like, you know, he scored a goal and he made up for his mistake or whatever, you know, cliche you want to use a serving a fad base and be like, it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I know the points are there. All right. And this doesn't sound rather arrogant. Okay. And I, and I know the points are there, but I don't, I'm just not seeing the eight by eight Tomash hurdle this season. And, more often than not, I'm seeing Tomas Hurdle create turnovers or cost us games. I mean, anyways, I digress. Okay, so um, I'm just gonna start doing a reaction really quick here for um for that whole you know sequence with Tomas Hurdle, um, you know, and the whole high sticking situation here. So if you're joining us uh, late on this uh, program, we topped off the program with, uh, or we started the program with, uh, you know, the news earlier from today. Tomas Hurdle has been suspended two games for high-sticking Elias Lindholm, who made the Sharks pay for it twice. <laughs> My bad. Oh, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah. The uh, the San Jose Sharks, uh, you know, star center will be missing the next two games. He has been suspended by the Department of Player Safety for the National Hockey League. He's going to have his first two game suspension, his first ever suspension in his 10 year career. And, um, you know, he's going to forfeit $88,000 in salary for the two games he's about to miss against the Calgary Flames and the Minnesota Wild. Um, as mentioned previously on the top of the podcast, the money goes to the player's emergency assistant fund. Um, so the play happened following the opening, opening face-off in the third period, all right? So Calgary was already, I mean, the game hasn't gone away from us. We're going in there 2-1, to one, but, you know, I, okay, that doesn't even matter. All right, so Lindholm, he cross-checked Hurdle multiple times. I think multiple times is kind of maybe one too many times like you know like 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 maybe maybe put a little extra salt on it in my in my opinion 
Um, yes, yes, Lindholm did cross-check Hurdle. Yes, Tomas Hurdle has to be able to defend himself. And yes, as most fans out there would say, free Hurdle, <laughs> hashtag free Hurdle. But um, it's only two games. Relax, everybody. Um, but the, um, you know, I would say, okay, this is what I will say, all right? I don't think Lindholm's actions warranted Tomas Hurdle's response. I'm just going to say it straight up. I'm a Sharks fan, so you would figure, you would figure that, you know, I would be all over this, like, nah, this is all, you know, this is unfair, blah, 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 blah. But nah, that, that's not even the case, all right? Um, he could have cross-checked them back. And not that I would advocate for, you know, um, an eye for an eye, so to speak, right? But Tomas Hurdle doesn't think that way. <laughs> he struck them straight up in the face. You know what I mean? So, of course, you're going to have a suspension. I think he knew it. You can kind of tell the demeanor in his post-game interview. You know what I'm saying? But, um, come on. Come on. I mean, the team has, in my opinion, as a fan, all right? Now, I might be speaking a little out of pocket here, but it is what it is. The team has went out on a limb, and they essentially made you the centerpiece of what's going to be, you know, the next, you know, wave, the next chapter, the uh, the new era, as they coined it, right? Tomas Hurdle is the centerpiece of this new era for the San Jose Sharks. And it was even, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess not validated or whatever, but it was solidified. There we go. Solidified by general manager Mike Greer by saying everybody on the roster is up for sale except for Hurdle. You know, some of you who have been following um, some of the more recent um, affairs going on in the San Jose locker room that caused the departure and, you know, the breakdown of, you know, certain players and, you know, coaching and etc. I'm not going to jump into old stuff, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. You know, some would say that the Sharks went out on a limb and went out, you know, went out of their way to make this place, San Jose, be a place for Tomas Hurdle to, like, essentially thrive and be. Like, they're saying, you're the man, all right? You're the man. You're going to be our guy. You know, and they made all the corresponding moves to make Hurdle feel like San Jose is going to be his home. That's all I'm going to say, all right? I try to keep it nice and, you know, nice and bright and shiny. Um... I don't want to sound too like, you know, uh, cynical or sound like, you know, I'm not trying to like reach too far here, but the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, I think there's a lot of corresponding moves within the organization that happened to accommodate for Tomas Hurdle. All right. And in his first season following, um, following, you know, that contract extension, the fan base has seen a, you know, they're just seeing, you know, they're not seeing it. Yeah. The points are there. But the turnovers happen too often. Okay. Um, the mistakes are costing us games. Um, there are times where he's blatantly like just missing, uh, missing the mark, whether it's on a pass, uh, missing the mark, like by literally, like, like literally missing a shot. But again, it's like for every mistake you get, you know, he answers back, right? So, you know, the points are there. They really are. But I would argue that it's not enough to like, Show the fans, yeah, this is what the eight, our 8x8 is all about. And I think I said a couple uh, episodes back that it almost feels like when the Sharks get these long-term contracts, it, it starts to, like, it starts to, signif like, to signify, like, the decline in their career. Not saying that's what's happening to Tomas Hurdle, but um, his play hasn't really been there as of late. Again, the points are there. He has, like, what, almost 30 points in, like, 20-something games. Right, uh, the streak. Obviously, um, his record, um, his points uh, record is a little bit more than that. Uh, at, currently, he's at eleven goals, uh, twenty-one assists, so thirty-two points in thirty-three games. You know, what I mean, so the points are there. Again, it sounds this might sound you know a little outlandish, but I would say you know outside of the 
scoring or you know the statistics like everything else that he's doing that may not even be quantified by advanced hockey stats um because you know not everything is measurable that happens in the game of hockey right uh, but i would say there's a lot of moments on there more often than not where he's kind of um contributed to some of the sharks woes this season and i was expecting to montreal to be like the bright the brightest thing coming into the season uh so all that to say is you know i'm a little disappointed I'm a little disappointed that Hurdle didn't drop the gloves for his second career NHL fight or that he didn't, uh, you know, cross-check him back, put the stick between his legs, trip him up. I mean, that still sounds cheap. It sounds dirty, but it doesn't look as bad as swinging your freaking stick across somebody's face. And I seen those cross checks. Yeah, they they, they were on the hip, they're on his pants, and obviously, you know, he's antagonizing him. Don't know what the heck happened before that opening face off to cause that kind of reaction. Uh, maybe he was just fishing for a penalty, and you know, mission accomplished. But yeah, uh, the wild swing, you know, going for the home run, trying to hit it up to the Raptors and all that. I think that's a little bit uncalled for, and in my opinion, I don't think it represents. Um, you know, I don't think it puts like you know, the best practices or best foot forward for, uh, you know, any Sharks players. And I just think that, you know, and again, it's the first time ever. So, you know, he'll be given a pass. It's only two games. But I just don't think that this reflects, uh, you know, the type of um, how, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to say leadership, but I don't think this is, the you know, the example that we should be setting for our young guys. I mean, after all. The people that were setting the best examples for the young guys are no are no longer supposed to be on the organization, right? So I'm just gonna end it with that. I thought it was a stupid penalty to take, and now it's gonna cost you know the Sharks uh, their starting center for the next two games. Which you know, yeah, they got their they got their behind tenant to them last night. Uh, you know, courtesy to Calgary Flames. But, you know, they were building upon something. Um, you know, with James Rammer being back and, you know, with, you know, prior to last night's game, you know, the previous three games, they got five points. You know, the Sharks, the Sharks were still kind of, you know, they're kind of still in the fight up until that, uh, up until, you know, last night's game. And it's just, you know, it's hopefully, you know, um, I just hope that, you know, at the end of the season, the Sharks aren't just a, you know, a couple of games out. And then we look back at this time in the winter and say, damn. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, so let's kind of do a little celebration here. So if you follow us on social media at Shark City Hockey, across the board, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you've probably seen this sweet graphic that we made for EK65 to celebrate 700 career NHL points. Congratulations to Eric Carlson. Honestly, um, there was a lot of haters. <laughs> we got here a couple of haters. <laughs> but he had a lot of haters in Sharks territory. And now he's getting a lot of love. Obviously, he uh, hasn't been playing like this in the Sharks uniform ever. But uh, EK65 now at 701 career points that's 165 goals 536 assists and 871 career games uh, unfortunately he's still at a negative if you, if you like to play the plus minus game career negative 83. but this season he's at a negative six so you know he's doing pretty he's doing good for himself um 41 points 33 games 29 assists 12 goals uh eric carlson has been the talk as of late for trades. And that's how we are going to end this evening's uh, podcast. Uh, no point in talking about the next matchup against the Calgary Flames because it's pretty much the same deal, right? Um, Calgary Flames are favorite to go to the Sharks are the underdog. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Let's just stick to the more exciting news here. Eric Carlson, all right? So Eric Carlson, now at 700 career NHL points, I do not believe that, you know, the demand for the, what is he now? 32, 33, 
35. I don't know. He was born in 1990. All you know, so obviously he's just a year older than the Sharks organization. So it's at 34. Anyways, um, I know that you know the former first round 15th overall pick in the 2008 draft, the right-handed shot, six-foot defenseman. There hasn't been a higher demand for this guy than there has been now, honestly. Um, Eric Carlson, he's um, you know having himself what is considered by a lot of people to be an MVP year. Um, whether or not he'll beat out McDavid, who knows? But there was a story that we ran on a previous podcast that he may not even be considered for any of these recognitions if he's still a San Jose Shark. Because historically, uh, great players on horrible teams aren't recognized at the award show. Uh, a little bit more on that in the previous episodes you can find on sharkcityhockey.com. But very interesting article I came across on Bleacher Report. Uh, this one's by Adam uh, Gritz of the Bleacher Report. So um, pretty much the story is, you know, talking about EK65's $11. million salary cap hit for the next four and a half years. <laughs> Um, he's 32. All right, there we go. I figured it out now. He's 32. My bad. Uh, but yeah, he, um, pretty much has done everything that you could think of for a defenseman in the league, except to win the Stanley cup. Um, and the sharks are one of the worst teams in the NHL. So not looking like he's going to accomplish that this season, at least not in San Jose. Um, you know, I could go into all the reasons why, you know, it's not going to be logical or, you know, like how teams are not willing to take a chunk of his salary. But let's just humor Bleacher Report here. Uh, They think two potential contenders that would be a fit for Eric Carlson this season would be the Florida Panthers and the Seattle Kraken. (laughs) I can't believe that. Can you imagine Eric Carlson getting traded to our new divisional brothers our new rivalry not really a rivalry yet i think it might get there if they keep being this good only their second year in but anyways um the reason behind this is that is that apparently both florida and seattle have big contract goalies that they would probably love to dump off to another team themselves uh for the plant for the panthers um they are suggesting that the swap will start with Sergei uh, Bar- Barbowski. Uh, his contract carries a $10. million cap hit. It's a year shorter than Eric Carlson's deal. And uh, the Panthers could use the upgrade on uh, the blue line. Uh, they already have a goaltender in Spencer Knight. And Bro- uh, Barbowski's deal makes the financials work. But uh, San Jose would need more um, back for EK65 and um, more than likely we would need Florida to retain some of that salary. And um, it states that Florida's depleted its future first round picks, but it has some intriguing young players that could be of interest to a rebuilding team. Uh, they suggest add Tim Lundell, a 2018 first round pick and uh, you know, amongst others, not going to go too deep into that because, you know, this is all just hypothetical right here. But um, they also suggest Seattle. And that's why I'm sharing this with you because I cannot even imagine him being traded within the conference, let alone our own division. But um, they say, they being Bleacher Report, that Seattle also has a bad goalie contract that they would like to use. So, you know, kind of balance the checkbooks here. <laughs> Uh, Philip uh, Grubar with a .882 save percentage this season just is not working for Seattle. Obviously, Martin Jones is the starter over there. No, just kidding. Anyways, um, would Seattle be willing to part with someone like Shane Wright at the drafting of number four overall is a question they literally asked. So, I'm not too sure. Um, 
I think that one's way more far, uh, far fetched and more of a stretch than the Florida deal. Um, I can see the Sharks trying to get a rental player um, with some picks and you know getting them at a um, at a discounted rate if Florida retains some of the salary while they get the bright shiny new out of the shop EK sixty five. But you know trying to get Seattle to get rid of like. Essentially, their Patrick Marlowe, if Shane Wright remains a Kraken, right? Like, this is like essentially could be like, you know, their franchise player. I highly doubt that they'll do that. But um, apparently, the reason why they, they're suggesting that is because if you don't know, you know, Wright is obviously not playing in NHL right now. I believe he was sent down to AHL for conditioning. I don't know. Uh, not that deep into Seattle's newswire, but they say they being Bleacher Report that Matty Beniers looks like he's going to be number one center on uh, Seattle and the long-term franchise building block. So, you know, the Sharks could maybe try to make a deal work to get another high-end prospect. Right now, with the way they're playing, some saying for Bedard, maybe don't need to send the best defenseman to a divisional rivalry, right? But can you imagine EK65 on Seattle? Who has three second round draft picks in this upcoming draft? Which means it could pretty much, you know, trade a first rounder if it want if they wanted to. Anyways, I don't think I'm ready for that. And with that being said, I think we're going to end this evening's show. Thank you to everybody out there in Sharks Territory, whether you're listening live. Uh, on, with us on Instagram or YouTube or checking out the audio version on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your busy holiday weekend to talk Sharks hockey with us here at Shark City Hockey. Thank you for supporting the show and being a fan of the content. And, um, you know, again, uh, couldn't be, um, you know, more than happier, um, you know, talking Sharks hockey with you, with all y'all out there, all the fans, um, whether you're listening right here in the hometown of San Jose, California, or, you know, everyone else that enjoys our program, I'm not going to start like, you know, name dropping all the regions and countries of, you know, the people that enjoy this show, but just thank you. I see you and I appreciate you. That's all I want to say. Um, also, I would like to say, you know, um, we're, we're about to be celebrating our one year anniversary of the show here, uh, in the coming month. So, you know, looking forward to, um, you know, kind of revising the way we present, um, you know, our content to you and hopefully, you know, grow, uh, grow the show a little bit more. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, joining us a little bit late because, you know, uh, you see that we're live now and you decided to tune in, we were discussing the Tomas hurdle suspension, the Sharks previous three games against the Arizona Coyotes, the LA Kings and the, um, Calgary Flames. Uh, obviously, some of the big stories out of those games were uh, Randy Hahn's 2000th career game. Again, uh, you know, Bravo Zulu, Mr. Randy Hahn, uh, Nick Bonino having a four uh, a four consecutive goal scoring streak, <laughs> or four consecutive game. I don't know how to say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. And, um, you know, Timo Meyer sets a new franchise record. He has surpassed Jonathan Chichu on the all-time uh, points leaders list for the San Jose Sharks. Now 10th overall, Mark Edward Vlasic made NHL history by becoming uh, the fifth defenseman to play the most, uh, the most games with one franchise in NHL history. Uh, he is just a few games about half a dozen games away from 1,200 career NHL games, that being Pickles. Um, and then Eric Carlson's 700 career uh, point and Tomas Hurdle's um, high stick that leads to a two-game suspension. All right, that's been the show. Thank you very much. I'm Aaron James. Don't forget to, uh, you know, subscribe, like, and all that jazz, and, uh, you know, rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It has officially been about a regulation game of hockey, and, you know, it's the holidays. So with that being said, if we don't talk to each other before the holidays, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you out there. Please be safe. Um, you know, the weather is getting colder. Um, the tensions are going to rise a little bit for some of us who are finding ourselves at shopping centers at this time of the year. So please be safe. Please be patient. And, uh, you know, tune in to the Sharks games. All right. 
hopefully the Sharks will spread a little holiday holiday cheer for us. And, um, you know, per usual, end, end the show saying let's go Sharks. And once again, thank you and happy holidays to everybody out there in Sharks territory. I'm Aaron James, and this has been the Shark City Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15. Y'all have a great rest of your evening.